Why does God seem to only answer some prayers? If we were to give our testimony of how God has worked in our lives, it would probably look like many of our Facebook posts, right? Praise reports, good news, did well on this or that, healing of illness, healing of relationships, safety, health, and prosperity. We would say, prayer works. I remember a friend of mine once said, prayer's working. Her circumstances were turning out positive. Prayer's working, Curtis. (laughs) I said, awesome. That's great. And we're often silent on our unanswered prayers when there's bad fortune, uh, bad circumstances in our lives, ongoing trials, ongoing illness, ongoing disease, an endeavor not rewarded, right? We don't praise God about those things very much, do we? But in one of, one of the songs, we're, we're, I will still bless the Lord. The Lord gives and takes away, but blessed be the Lord. Do we praise God for that? <laughs> I have a praise today. The Lord tooketh away. Do we share those things? Typically not. I believe it results in us not dreaming, not hoping, a little uh, uh, a feeling that God is not omnipotent, right? These prayers that we have maybe hidden in our purse or wallet or on the board, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that God can do all things. Maybe God is not omnipotent. Maybe God doesn't care. Or maybe he's an indifferent God. I think we could all relate to some of these feelings, and I believe it results in a lukewarm faith and trust in God. Sometimes it has to do with uh, our authority figures in our lives. We often will maybe impart that same kind of feeling. It's called transference. We transfer that same relationship onto now God, our Heavenly Father, Maybe I can't trust that God as much. But let's take a look in Scripture. Uh, Jesus himself, God himself, teaches on this. Matthew 7, verse 7. And we'll break down the first part. A very famous quote. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. What an awesome prayer. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door shall be opened. We love to pray that prayer, don't we? (laughs) Just like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's out of what? Philippians 4, 16, 4, 13. We know it by heart. We love that verse. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. We love praying there. But we need to, we often pray that in a very vague, you know, juvenile way, as if God were a genie, some powerful God that we're invoking him to care about us and trying to draw upon God's power very much like the genie of the lamp in Aladdin. Robin Williams as the genie of the lamp. 
Is that what God is to us? Is that how our prayers are? Ask, and God the genie will give it to you. Seek, and God will give it to you. Well, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Scripture often interprets Scripture, and so we need to uh, use our brain to draw out its nuggets and meanings behind it. So the second part of that for everyone, let's see, ask and you will receive it. For everyone who asks, receives. That's a little vague, right? So I put, receives what? For everyone who asks, receives. Well, what? Whatever they want, like a genie? No, later on it says, God gives, how much more will I give good gifts to my children? So we're asking good gifts, all right? Just like an adolescent child, do you give them everything they want? (laughs) No, we don't, right? They would be what? Spoiled, right? Maybe just like the prodigal son story or daughter story. He gave them their heart's desire. That wouldn't be responsible. But everyone who asks receives definitely an answer from God. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Yes, no, or wait. The one who seeks finds. Finds what? You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men. Was that it? A Few Good Men? Jack Nicholson. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. So everyone who seeks, I definitely believe God is saying, you seek, I'm going to give you what you seek after. I'm going to give you truth. Might not be what you think is truth, but it's going to be truth. (laughs) You want the truth? You might not be able to handle the truth. All right, let's continue on. And the one who knocks, the door shall be open. That's kind of neutral, right? Open to what? The path. Let's read on. The second verse illustrates what the first part was talking about. Let's continue reading in Bible study here. Jesus gives an example. For example, which one of you, which of you, if your son or daughter asks for bread, will give them a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give them a snake? Which one of you, right, if he asks for bread, would give them a stone. Or in summary, if you then, though you are evil or imperfect people, know how to give good gifts, there it is, who who asks receives, receives what? Good gifts. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts, bread and fish to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? In other words, bread, fish, everything you need to those who ask him. So those who ask, those who seek, those who knock. So instead of a juvenile way of thinking God's a genie, (laughs) giving us everything we want in a juvenile way, but instead thinking of God as a loving father, parent, who cares about us and is willing, how much more so, to give us good gifts and everything we need, then our prayers become different, knowing that God is going to give us <coughs> everything that we need that's in our best interest. So when God doesn't answer our prayers, there may be several causes, and I've listed a few here. 
So these are kind of uh, immature prayers. When God doesn't answer our prayers, what, what happens here? Here's five possible causes of seemingly unanswered prayers. Number one, we don't believe or have enough faith that God can act in our lives, that God is omnipotent or that he cares. We just don't believe. So we don't pray. We don't have hope, right? So you talk to an unbeliever. They don't pray to God. They don't hope. You talk to some Christians. They don't hope either. That's one cause of seemingly unanswered prayers. We don't hope enough. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, God is, can do imaginably more than we can even ask or imagine, that we can even comp- think of in our brain God is able to do for us. So he's not only omnipotent enough, he cares enough and he's able enough to do than we can even imagine. Matthew 8 talks about the faith of the centurion of uh, healing one of his uh, soldiers. The leper coming to Jesus and not doubting that God is maybe omnipotent, powerful, but his question was, if you are willing, Lord, if you are willing, you would heal me. And Jesus' answer is, I am willing. So this is the God that we worship, that we need to get introduced to, that God is powerful enough and God is willing. Sometimes we don't have enough faith. Secondly, sometimes we don't persevere in prayer. In this uh, passage, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock. There's kind of a progression there. Asking is asking your heart's desire. Seeking has some intention to it, right? Seeking after the truth in Scripture. Seeking after God's will. Knocking. Banging on that door. There's effort. And Jeremiah 29 says it very well. You will seek me. You will seek me, God, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So God's uh, answers, the tough answers in life, God's will for my life, God's truth, God says, promises, I'm going to give it to you. All right, you have to do something. There was a question in Bible study uh, this morning of, does God just give it to us? No, there has to be some effort. There has to be some purity in our motivation and our heart to seek after God with all of our heart. I love that prayer. I, I often relied on that prayer when I was a youth and even my whole life of the tough questions in life, right? Many of you have tough, tough questions in life. These why questions. Why was I born this way? Why was I born in this situation? Why did this happen? Why? Why, right? But I trust, I've trusted God with those big why questions that seeking after God with all of, if I do that, I'm not saying that I've done that all the time, but I've trusted that Uh, That's a promise God makes to me, that if I seek God earnestly, right, not giving up, that God's going to answer. God's going to give an answer to the big questions, big questions about life and death, aging, health, 
heaven, hell, these big questions that periodically disturb my soul, (laughs) you know, make me think about those things. Thirdly, some other causes of why our prayers seem to maybe bounce off the wall, not go anywhere, is that we are too temporal-minded. Too temporal-minded. We're praying for material things. Where last week, Jesus uh, taught that look at the birds of the air and the grass of the field. They don't worry. But how much more so will God take care of them? In Colossians uh, 3, sums up what Jesus was teaching in Matthew very well. Set your hearts on things above, not earthly things. Jesus is saying, store up your treasures in heaven, not on earth that'll rot and are temporal. Heard a pastor preach on this. He said, if we were honest, if we had two columns, right, and we listed down all our prayers on one side, earthly things, and on the other column, the heavenly things, you know, there'd be quite a, our whole page on earthly concerns would be uh, uh, filled up the page, if we're honest, is because, you know, this is the world we live in. These are the things that we experience day to day, week to week, right? But we are too temporal minded. We're too temporal minded. Fourth, I thought of another cause of seemingly why our prayers don't get answered when we, our view doesn't match God's view. <laughs> there you go, right? When our view doesn't match God's view. So that's a point of humility. I think one of the songs talked about humility and being humble. You know, our ways are not God's ways. We have to realize when God saved us, right? God saved fleshly, imperfect, corporal Uh, sinful people compared to God's holiness. God is holy, holy, holy. And we are, what, made just a little lower than the angels. The Apostle Paul says, what, don't think too highly or lowly of yourselves, but with sober judgment. So often our prayers are from our perspective, our understanding, our sense of truth and righteousness, We may be praying for a situation because we think it's just, it's right. But God's ways are far from our ways. In 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it talks about we see just a poor reflection of reality of God's ways, of truth. So we need to be humble in our prayers and perspective. Isaiah 55 says it well. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, how high are the heavens? Look in a telescope. Look, look, look in the sky. As the heavens are higher than the earth, are my ways not your ways? So often our prayers don't match, definitely don't match God's ways. And finally... Sometimes our prayers seemingly bounce off the wall, especially when we're going through hard times and we're asking for those difficult times to be alleviated. We fail to value the value. We fail to see the value of suffering, of trial that God brings to purify us 
And this is different than the Apostle Paul saying, um, I, I want to identify with the sufferings of Christ. You know, some traditions have taken that to an extreme, right? Right? You've seen, a, I think it was on the Passion of Christ or something like that. You know, certain traditions, they self-flagellate themselves, you know, physically punish themselves like the, the, the beatings of Christ. They want to identify with Christ's sufferings. So they took it li literally, <laughs> which is kind of odd. But we have to realize that, well, I, I didn't, you and I didn't die for the sins of the world, right? So when, when Jesus says, take up your cross and bear it, it doesn't mean we're going to be crucified like Christ was, right? I think there's obviously something different than that, taking up your cross. You know, we didn't die for the sins of the world. But we fail to see the value of suffering. Think about Jonah. Jonah got what? He got a big time out, didn't he? <laughs> he got a time out in the belly of a whale. I mean, have, can you identify that? Have you ever felt like you've been in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 years? Have you ever felt like you've been in a big time out in the belly of a whale? Why was Jonah in the belly of a whale? Because he was running away from God, running away from doing the right thing. Sometimes our prayers seem seemingly unanswered when we fail to realize the value of suffering. All right, wrapping this up. I'm going to give you seven levels of mature prayer, okay? Seven levels of mature prayer. The first one I thought of was, our prayers are asking God to care. We, don't, we have no idea who the God of the Bible is or his character, but we're praying to God somehow that he would care about us. And we're trying to tap his omnipotence, God's power, just like a genie. Very much like the person who gets stranded at sea who gets religion all of a sudden, right? <laughs> oh God, if you save me, I'm going to... Donate all I have to your causes. Stop drinking. Turn my life around. As they get closer to shore, right? I'll give 10% of all I have. That's kind of a juvenile prayer to uh, pull the purse strings of God's power, trying to convince God to care about us. Secondly, I think, maybe we understand that God cares, okay? All right, I'm hearing this message. God loves us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loves us and is willing to give good gifts, like I just read in Matthew. If you who are evil, all right, I love this verse. I've often prayed this verse for myself and for other people going through difficult times. If if a son, if you were to ask, a son were to ask their parent for bread, would that person, would you give them a stone? All right, how much more so is our God going to give us a stone? No, all right? God is a caring God, all right? This is where my faith is in, so my prayers change. I understand that God cares for me, and he's willing, how much more so, to give me good gifts. Not everything I necessarily want, but he's going to give me 
bread and fish and everything I need to thrive and everything you need to thrive. Going up the ladder there, then realizing that God is a powerful God. God is omnipotent and in charge of everything. And it causes me to start hoping and dreaming big God dreams, bigger than my little dreams. When, I, when, when we understand that God cares about us and God is willing to give us good gifts and God is powerful and in control, we start, our prayers change. Our prayers change. We start dreaming, hoping, praying for big God dreams. Fourthly, a step up the maturity level of prayer is praying for real treasure, all right? Not my will, but yours be done. Ooh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? These are mature prayers here. Oh, you know, we're praying, you know, I would say, if you're honest, right, 99.9999% of our prayers are for our will. <laughs> what we desire, all right? How often do we subjugate our will and desire for God's outcome? Wow. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was a, is a great example that God understands. God, I, God gives an example of himself being fully human, you know, praying to his heavenly Father, God, if this cup, if this path of suffering and death and crucifixion could be taken from me. I don't want it. <laughs> He's honest. But then not my will, but your will be done. The same thing in the way Jesus taught us to pray, or what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. How often do we throw that into our daily, weekly prayers? That's the real treasure, is praying for real treasure, not my will, but God's will be done. Not temporal things, but heavenly things. The next one up the prayer ladder is praying for God's perspective and insight and wisdom and truth. Praying for God's perspective, insight, wisdom, and truth. That's why we put ourselves up to the mirror. Right? We put ourselves up to God's standards, to learn God's standards. That's why we listen to sermons and podcasts and preaching and teaching. That's why we read scripture, to understand God's perspective. And then lastly here, wrapping up, pray for spiritual fruit. That's a good way. Uh, the, the fifth one is kind of vague. Uh, number six is more practical. Pray for spiritual fruit that is not absent that is not the absence of suffering and trial, okay? So a mature prayer is not necessarily always praying for the relief of uncomfortableness, suffering, and trial. So think about this. You're going you're gonna to not like me for this because uh, you're not going to like me for this. Because <laughs> it's going to give you a new perspective on the fruit of the Spirit, praying through the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to leave... After today, it's like, ah, oh, why did Pastor Curtis have to teach on that? Because it's going to change the way you look at praying through the fruit of the Spirit. Let's take the first one. 
Oh, let's pray for love, joy, and peace. Okay, what is, what is love? Be careful what you ask for, people. Do you really want to pray for agape love? That you would have more agape love, selfless love, that may not be returned to you. Okay? Loving unselflessly, that might be unreturned to you. We need to pray for that power because that doesn't come naturally, does it? Praying for people who are unlovable. Praying for people who are not returning and reciprocating that love. Pray for the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. (laughs) It's different from happiness. I want happy things. I want happy experiences. I want a vacation. What is joy? The sense of contentment and happiness, even in the midst of unreliable circumstances. Are you praying for that? Are you praying for more joy in your life? (laughs) All right? The joy like the Apostle Paul, who had joy, even though he was in prison, even though he was persecuted, he said, I have joy. I count it all joy. Is that what you're praying for? (laughs) That's a mature prayer, right? Peace. Oh, I want, who doesn't want peace? God, give me peace. What is peace? Just um, absence of brainwaves, thought, trial in your life, discomfort, being in a warm environment with aromatherapy. Is that what peace is? No. Peace is this unspeakable sense of serenity, even in the midst of a storm. All right? Not necessarily the absence of conflict. (laughs) So the next time you ask for peace, it's not necessarily asking for the conflict to go away. And I used to stop there because agape love is difficult to do. Be careful what you ask for. Asking for joy in the midst of circumstances, peace in the midst of chaos. I used to stop there, but if you continue on, Patience. When do we need patience? In, 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 uh, <laughs> in difficult situations, right? Kindness. Asking for more kindness. When do we need kindness? In unkind circumstances. Goodness. When there's evil around us. Gentleness. A, 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 a calm word turns away wrath. Faithfulness, self-control. When do we need this? When do we need self-control? When there's temptation all around us. So these are prayers of a mature person. Understanding that, uh, understanding the value of trial and uh, suffering. All right, wrapping up here. The Lord's Prayer takes on a new flavor, right? So uh, maybe a takeaway point is just focus on talked about a lot of things today. Just focus on the first two words, all right? God's not a genie. God's not a distant God. You don't have to pray the rosary. You don't have to chant. You don't have to pray more, all right? So God would hear you. God already cares for you. And just focus on the first two words. My Father, my Abba, our Father. You have a Father that's not distant. That's not a punishing God. God was going to punish you. He, he already forgave you. 
He wants a relationship with you, and he wants to give good gifts. Think about that. If a child were to ask for bread, would God give you a stone? No, God wants to give you good gifts. My father, Abba father, focus on that. All right. And then the epitome of the seventh level of a mature prayer. Look at this. The Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side that God chose not to take away. He had uncomfortable circumstances that he pleaded, it says in here, with the Lord three times. He was persistent in prayer. God, take away this thorn in my flesh that Satan came to harass me. Let's read what he asked. God answered him. He sought relief. He found the truth of why God chose to leave that thorn there. And the doorway that he knocked on, what is this for? (laughs) God showed him. Here it is. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that I had from God, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, God's told him why it was there. You asked, I'm going to give you an answer. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, therefore, the Apostle Paul says, understanding this, I will boast all the more of my weakness, my trial, my suffering, the thorn in my flesh, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So he boasts in this weakness that he could have more of God's power for the sake of Christ than I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow, that's the prayer of a mature believer. Okay, let's pray. God, we uh, thank you for the time and fellowship together. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. This is the day that you have made, and we all will rejoice and be glad in it. God, our topic is prayer, coming to you, God. Many of us have different versions of our view of what you are, God, our creator in our lives. Some are images from religion. Some are reflections from our authority figures, God. They are imperfect. But God, help us to understand who you are. If we who are sinful know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will you give good gifts to us? God, you are a God, a Father, Abba Father, who wants to give good gifts to us, who cares about us, and is powerful enough to do that. God, help us to pray for mature prayers, to seek your will, to be in line with ours, God. Help us to dream, hope, 
big God dreams and give us that perspective, that confidence, and all those fruits of your Holy Spirit, even in the midst of our circumstances, God, that is love in our lives, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, and peace that goes all above all human understanding. And all those who love you, God, and seek your will in our lives, God, all God's people said, amen.